0: It's the 10th of February, 2015, and this is episode 186. This show is intended for informational and educational purposes only. What cryptocurrency enables is new, empowering, and exciting, but we're not experts. Just obsessed companions walking the road towards a more peer-to-peer future. Welcome to a special episode of Let's Talk Bitcoin, On today's show, we hear from 10 of the candidates competing for the two individual seats on the board of the Bitcoin Foundation. The rules for today's debate are as follows. There are five rounds, each focused on an issue or prompt. Each candidate will be given two minutes of time to speak on the issue as they see fit, in a predetermined, randomly assigned order that varies from question to question. Each speaker also has a one-minute response per round that they can choose to use after any other candidate has finished speaking. So a total of three minutes per speaker per round. We've got a lot of ground to cover here, so we're going to get right into it. Candidates, when I say your name, you have one minute to introduce yourself. Scott.
1: Hi, Adam. Uh, this is uh, Scott Morgan. I'm running for the individual board member for the uh, Bitcoin Foundation. Um, I have been involved with Bitcoin uh, since probably the end of 2012 and started a publication called the BTC Journal, which unfortunately I don't have the time to do with now due to my commitments at AirBits Wallet, which I'm the CFO in business development. Uh glad to be here glad to run for a board position and I believe in the uh, the idea that bitcoin is money for adults so the foundation check the same
0: thank you scott bruce
2: thanks adam hi everybody my name is bruce fenton i'm active in bitcoin and i run a few events including the dubai bitcoin conference which took place in December, and the Satoshi Roundtable, which is a VIP retreat uh, taking place uh, a week from today, actually, and uh, the upcoming New England Bitcoin Conference. I founded the the Bitcoin Association, which is a decentralized Bitcoin group, and uh, I'm an active investor and advisor to a few Bitcoin companies. My background comes from financial services, where I've been a uh, global economic advisor and a registered investment professional for about uh, 22 years.
3: Jeremy. Jeremy. Hey, all. My name is Jeremy Gardner. I founded the College Cryptocurrency Network about 10 months ago. It started with chapters at University of Michigan, MIT, and Stanford. We've since expanded to every habitable continent with over 160 chapters worldwide. We've also held about two dozen events around the world. Additionally, I run business operations and development at Augur, the world's first decentralized prediction market platform. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Jeremy. Olivier. Hi, uh, my name is Olivier Janssens.
4: I'm a libertarian, voluntarist, and I'm a big fan of decentralization. I'm an early adopter of Bitcoin, and I consider it the most important development since the internet. I'm very active in supporting projects that enhance freedom, and I've donated significant amounts to, for example, ProtonMail, Liberty.me, and I have also invested over $2 million in Bitcoin startups, so I'm helping the Bitcoin ecosystem grow. Um, I've also spent uh, over $100,000 in legal fees on Mount Gox to yeah, bring those responsible to justice. And we're still uh, trying to find who did it. And we're, we're coming along fine there. Uh, recently, I also sponsored uh, like $100,000 to decentralize the core development. And the winner there was Mike Hearn uh, with Lighthouse. And um, we're trying to ma- bring that to a good ending right now. Thank you, Olivier. you. Theo?
5: Thank you, Adam. Uh, hello, my name is Teo Chino, and I live in New York City. I joined the foundation a year ago because I believe that such entity is vital for the proper development of the Bitcoin. My first interaction with the foundation was after the New York State superintendent released its proposal. My second interaction was volunteering for the financial working group. I believe the role of the foundation is the advocacy for the Bitcoin community and to educate the public in general about the Bitcoin and how to join it. I decided to volunteer more time by running for the board because I do not personally, I would personally would like to see more involvement of the community. As a long time participant of successful nonprofit, engagement of the membership is essential for its success. And therefore I would like to work create a better community for the Bitcoin.
0: Next up, we have Jim.
6: Thanks, Adam. Thanks, everyone. At Let's Talk Bitcoin for bringing us all together today. I'm Jim Harper. I've been uh, an owner of Bitcoin since mid-2011 and a lifetime member of the Bitcoin Foundation since mid-2013. Uh, for 15 years, I've been working in technology policy. I'm a lawyer in California and Washington, D.C. I live and work in Washington, D.C. For the last 10 years, I've been at the Cato Institute, which is a 501c3 nonprofit in Washington, D.C., Uh, that focuses on producing libertarian outcomes for Americans and people around the world. I also serve on the board of directors of the National Priorities Project, which is uh, in in Massachusetts. And last year, I was the Bitcoin Foundation's global policy council for much of the year, introducing Bitcoin and the foundation to folks in Washington, DC, and in Brussels. I'm hoping to bring the experience I have in the nonprofit world uh, to the Bitcoin Foundation and help to strengthen that organization for the benefit of the members and the entire Bitcoin ecosystem around the world. Thanks.
7: Thank
0: you, Jim. Colin?
7: Hi, my name is Colin Gallagher. I've been uh, with the Bitcoin Foundation um, as a member for a while, and I've volunteered for the Educational Committee of the Bitcoin Foundation in different capacities, uh, currently serving as interim chair. And my interest as my platform for a candidate is to examine How can we look at uh, issues of individual uh, choice to favor user choice and privacy and anonymity as well as Bitcoin development? But I also want to examine uh, how we can look at issues of post-national development as we're looking at the transition from how worlds aggregate around how the world and people in the world uh, aggregate around nations and and the issue of geographic centers uh, to the issue of a blockchain or blockchain-based development in our post-national future as well. Thank
0: you.
8: Thank you, Colin. Francis? Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Francis Pouliad. I'm a full-time uh, Bitcoin advocate, educator and community organizer. Uh, I currently work as a public affairs director at the Bitcoin embassy in Montreal, which was uh, the first uh, Bitcoin embassy. I'm also CEO of the Bitcoin Foundation Canada, which is uh, the first and uh, largest affiliate chapter of the Bitcoin Foundation. Uh, basically, I do lobbying uh, against uh, discriminatory regulation of Bitcoin in Canada. I conduct education campaigns and non-profit projects. And uh, My background is as a public policy analyst. I've worked for uh, several free market think tanks, and I'm uh, on the board of a few uh, pro-liberty organizations. Thank you, Francis. Michael?
9: Hi, my name is Michael Perklin. I'm a Bitcoin security expert who conducts security audits for a variety of Bitcoin exchanges, Bitcoin gambling sites, and other projects that need to secure large amounts of Bitcoin uh, I'm, a, I'm currently a director of the Bitcoin Alliance of Canada. Although my my seat will be up for re-election shortly, and the Bitcoin Alliance of Canada promotes and educates about Bitcoin to Canadian politicians, the press, and Canadian citizens. Uh, I've also started a non-profit organization, C4, or the Cryptocurrency Certification Consortium, which is a standards and certification body. We develop personnel standards, and very soon we'll be releasing our security standard for uh, the for the world to. Uh, Review and hopefully adopt.
0: Thank you, Michael. Cody?
10: Hey, thanks, Adam. I'm Cody Wilson, open source software advocate, anti state radical. Maybe some would say I stand for election to discredit the Bitcoin Foundation to bring it to its ultimate conclusion because I believe that the Bitcoin Foundation is now just a force of social infamy and is now the think tank of the Bitcoin counter revolution. It should end. Thank you, Cody. That concludes the introduction, so let's get right to the
0: questions. The order of speakers has been determined on a question-by-question basis in advance. Um, Michael Perklin was a late addition to this, and so he falls kind of outside of this order. So you'll notice that as each of these questions gets answered, he is the last person to speak in the uh, in the scheduled section of it. So again, that's not a uh, intentional favoring of him. That just is kind of how it wound up happening in this particular somewhat chaotic organizing of this debate. So again to remind you of the rules, uh, as we go through each of these, you'll each have 2 minutes to respond as you see fit and you also have 1 minute to use at really any point after someone has concluded speaking. So the first question and these are really more prompts than questions. The role and the responsibility of the foundation in reality and as you would have it in a perfect world. Colin is the first candidate to speak on this issue.
7: Hi there. Okay. Well, um As I would have it in a perfect world, Um, well, the foundation in, in this perfect world, of course, you know, you may say, what is this perfect world? It's maybe what we could imagine, right? What I would imagine it is kind of, I don't know if anybody's ever been to the Exploratorium. It's this museum where people get to immerse themselves kind of in this in this um, very real, but also virtual reality that's embedded in this museum. You could look up the Exploratorium if you're not familiar with it, but there, there are things you can touch and feel and stick your hands inside in the, in the museum. And there are things you can explore vo- virtually as well and it's in Sacramento, I think. And, and, and I remember going in there when I was a kid and, um, and thinking this is the greatest thing. But what if the foundation were like that, right? What if you could, what if it weren't just something distant with these people doing things that, you know, are up there on some board? What if there were aspects of it that everybody could have a hand in no matter who you are, then it wouldn't be just a bunch of people on a board. It would be something else entirely. It would be something that, you would give it a name. Maybe there'd be an association of persons, but people could be participating each in their own way. So that's kind of maybe the perfect world thing. The other thing is that the reality is it is what it is now. It's a corporation. There's a board. There's people that have their different committees, but that could be a lot different. And people have talked about what it what is Lighthouse? What role does that play or could it play Um, What about Bithub? How could things be funded in a more decentralized way and not have just a few bunch of people making decisions about these things, but still have people involved and have more technology and have it be more decentralized too? I think that we have to really open up, and I think that some of the questions that Cody is asking are really legitimate ones that have to be laid on the table in order for us to have really valid decisions about what the foundation is. Um, and I'll just kind of toss that out there, but I think um, there is no perfect world. Thank you. Thank you, Colin.
6: Jim? Let me talk first about the perfect world for the Bitcoin Foundation. What I mean is a foundation that's at at, at full strength doing all it could do. Um, of course, the foundation should work on core development. We'll talk later about how much it should do. I think also education, that is educating people around the world about edu- about Bitcoin and how to use it and public policy. This is the foundation I essentially signed up for when I joined Core Dev Education Public Policy. But more than that, again, Perfect World would include uh, member networking, that is, uh, resources for members to get together, form businesses, form social communities, uh, work on whatever uh, open source project they want to do. The conference that the Bitcoin Foundation put together two years running was a big, important conference, and I would see that continue. And of course, the original vision of a, a, a Bitcoin foundation that includes and supports affiliates would also be part of that perfect world. The foundation itself could produce a lot of material and, and, and resources that could be franchised out so that, uh, that Bitcoin foundations around the world could customize it for their members and for their communities. Right now, we deal with a foundation that's quite different, quite a bit smaller. Recent pivot to core dev uh, may have been necessary, and I don't oppose the foundation doing core dev work, but it shouldn't be the only thing that the Bitcoin foundation does. I'd like to see the foundation on firm financial footing, building out in whatever direction the membership thinks appropriate. A study that I did of the Bitcoin ecosystem early in my tenure on the on the foundation uh, could be the way of directing the foundation, determining what the opinion of membership is the most important thing to work on for the Bitcoin ecosystem. We'll talk more about where the foundation should go, but. Building from core dev out would be the right thing, in my opinion.
0: Thank you, Jim. Cody, I'm going to restate the question here. The role and responsibility of the foundation in reality, and as you would have it in a perfect world.
10: Thinking evil is knowing that there isn't a perfect world to come. The world, when left to itself, is perfect as it is. So I don't want to talk about the perfect world. I want to i want to disabuse us of notions of eventual progress, eventual finality, the revolution to come. The foundation itself and foundation thought is preventing us from getting what we get today and understanding that the foundation has no role in Bitcoin in reality, has no responsibility in Bitcoin in reality, has only done things with its list of B players, industry hustlers, and its cold bustle to basically prevent us from seeing clearly to develop working standards in bitcoin and to occlude and basically mythify the libertarians in bitcoin doing the kind of work that they would wish to do that is its track record and basically the, the foundation has no principle or referent left it now wants to represent the libertarian in bitcoin i would like to answer it with a symbolic disobligation that no it does not even represent us theo
5: yeah well in a perfect world we would not need the foundation but uh, this is reality. So the foundation is part of the ecosystem where people get together. And my and personally, I would like to see other entity of the side of the foundation to compete against the foundation to propose different propose different viewpoints. Uh, when it comes to the response, the role of the foundation, um, I would join Jim in saying that one of the core um I know you will call it sorry. I know one of the core um, points would be the education of the membership and the community at large to show that uh, Bitcoin is not evil in itself.
0: Bruce, the role and responsibility of the foundation in reality, and as you would have it in a perfect world
2: Thanks, Adam. The- role and responsibility of the foundation in reality has has been uh, sometimes embarrassing, sometimes in need of a lot of improvement and has varied and gone through growing pains. Some are the fault of the people involved. Some are just the natural kinds of things that will happen in a fast growing space. Where it should be in a perfect world would be really a, a vehicle that would help people in a very decentralized way. So it would be almost non-existent if, if we had true decentralization. But the fact of the way the world is now, there are some advantages of a centralized organization. So I would like to see the Bitcoin Foundation have uh, influence and working with uh, member inclusion, be a model of transparency and a model of decentralization And uh, able to have meaningful influence on core development, bringing new people into this space, improving education, and uh, dealing with regulators um, from a standpoint of educating those regulators that can be educated and fighting very hard against those regulators who have proven themselves to be against Bitcoin and related technologies. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Bruce. Olivier? Olivier?
4: Okay, the first thing I will do is uh, create full transparency. So all the Bitcoin Foundation board meetings should be broadcast live. Uh, People should have the opportunity to ask questions and make suggestions at the end of each meeting. The Bitcoin Foundation financials should be published, uh, including all details such as wages. There should be no secrets. Uh, The agenda should also be clear and concise. And any changes uh, to the agenda should be discussed and approved only after getting public feedback. Uh, another item is the decentralization of core development. So core development should be decentralized. The Bitcoin foundation should have no direct devo- uh, control over development. Uh, for this purpose, I have uh, sponsored $100,000 for a placement platform with Mike Hearn uh, being the winner um, and I also commit to spend another $50,000 on core development the moment there will be decentralized projects uh, created. Um, I also want to move the core developments uh, out of the pay from the Bitcoin Foundation to a decentralized crowdfunding platform as soon as it's uh, commercially viable, so they don't feel a difference in their wages. Uh, I also want to spread global Bitcoin awareness, so I want to uh, facilitate facilitate the creation of local groups that will go to every store in every corner and inform them of the advantages of Bitcoin. Uh, This can be done in cooperation with existing service providers to encourage a monetary incentive. For example, BitPay can give like a commission for each of the referrals. Uh, We can visualize the progress with a graph on the the Bitcoin Foundation website and say like how many stores are left to uh, to achieve um, worldwide and in the United States. The same can be done for personal adoption. I want to make like a mass change tip event. So um, yeah, we we can do it for everyone. And the last one is protecting the essence of Bitcoin. So the core principles of Bitcoin should be uh, laid out on the website and defined and explanation should be given for their importance.
7: Uh, to speak back to what Olivier said, um, I don't think that the idea of transferring everything over to Lighthouse and taking it all away from the foundation is, is a good idea. I support the idea of Lighthouse, as I've mentioned in my posts and my statements before. But I feel that a hybridization of like human deliberation um, and uh, also something like Lighthouse and, and BitHub is is important. So there's a role for the the foundation or associations of persons that m- would be aligned with the foundation or something like it, and as well something like Lighthouse or BitHub or these kinds of things as well. So there's the idea is that there's a hybridization or what can we explore? What can we do that's different rather than Rather than just saying let's take this and shove it off into a different sphere and clear slate, I don't I don't support that that full approach, such as Olivier is proposing.
4: Okay, so the most important question to ask is why does Ethereum get like too many million dollars in funding overnight, and why didn't Bitcoin ever get like a huge funding event? The reason is the Bitcoin Foundation. So the, the core developers are under the foundation. Uh, the most important ones, at least, that everyone looks towards, like Gavin. Uh, the moment these guys step out of the foundation and do, like, a public effort to get uh, funding from the public and join together with the rest of the developers to make, like, a huge development uh, funding event, we will get millions overnight almost. And I want to make this happen, and I think the foundation is actually sitting in between this and preventing that from happening.
9: So uh Olivia I would actually like to respond to that. Um you, you mentioned that um that Ethereum got th- those many millions all because of the foundation's existence and I I think that's a little bit of um uh of a stretch to say. Uh Ethereum was a crowd sale. They sold a product, the tokens that th- that would be used on on their network, and uh, there there was a lot of interest in those tokens, which drove the which drove the sale. Bitcoin never had a similar sale. That's why there is no uh, uh, similar comparison. And uh, with with respect to centralizing the, uh, the the development, I think that's an inaccurate statement as well. Um, while the Bitcoin Foundation does have some um, of the core developers on on their staff, so does BitPay, so does uh, um, uh, Blockstream. Uh, there, there are a variety of different companies that are that are funding developers uh, in addition to the foundation. And uh, I, I personally don't see the foundation as being in control of development. I think it's decentralized.
10: I think the point about Ethereum is a good one. The Bitcoin Foundation has had more dubious and less and less efficacious uh, influence on the actual, let's say, funding rounds that Bitcoin companies have had, and therefore less influence in what these companies take as a direction, their own particular interfaces with regulatory authority. And now, as some of these Bitcoin companies become mega-capitalized and far more influential than the Foundation, the Foundation itself recognizes that it's no longer even useful and has harmed itself uh, or its interface with regulatory authorities and would now only seek to do development. And our, our answer there is that it's even, it's even in doubt whether it can do that uh, effectively.
8: Well, first of all, um, Michael, you took the words right out of my mouth. I agree with what you said, uh, everything, absolutely 100%. And um, regarding your comments, Cody, I think it's, it's really romantic to have this, uh, this, this evil, big, monstrous foundation. And uh, being in the fight against it but you make a lot of allegations uh, you make a lot of claims I don't really see any evidence behind that um, from what I've seen yes there's been some scandals uh, with the board and some board members um, associated to board members but I've never heard of or seen proof that the foundation was involved um, directly in uh, fundraising rounds of, of some of its members or etc so um, I'd like to see some proof or evidence if you have any.
5: I think the, the foundation role is also to represent the little guy that is about to come and who wants to grow and to have some weight against the big corporation that have got all this funding and that will be able to monopolize because of their funding and so the foundation role is really to defend the, to, the people who just have an idea and would have who would want a platform to be able to express their idea and see if it will take in the general community. So The foundation has a role, even though less important because they are a bigger player now.
0: Thank you, Theo. Once again, the question here is the role and responsibility of the foundation in reality and
8: as you would have it in a perfect world. Francis? Thanks, Adam. the Bitcoin Foundation is a private institution, um, membership-based. It's simply a platform through which in members can coordinate their interests. Um, it does not and should never attempt to represent the community. Um, that being said, uh, it's true that the general public's perception of the foundation obviously taints on the Bitcoin community as a whole, so the foundation sh- should be mindful of that. Um, the foundation's sole essential mission should be to protect promote accelerate um, a healthy development process of the bitcoin protocol and other bitcoin related uh, open source software and technologies uh, it shouldn't meddle in the bitcoin economy um, i don't particularly think that it should conduct um, global uh, top-down education campaigns um, my assessment of the foundation is that it has given itself a mandate that's too broad um, it started out originally as uh, a Linux-type foundation which would simply collect membership dues and channel them through funding. Um, but I think giving it it's the mandate of, of doing lobbying and education, which is already done by numerous organizations all across the world, have just means that it has spread itself too thin. Um, and finally, I don't think uh, that it should assert some kind of monopoly over the development process. I don't think it does. Um, I love to have BitPay and Blockstream pay developers to, to work on the core protocol. I think the foundation should simply um, do training programs, for example, to get more developers, so um, continue being a central part of development, but not just not try to have a monopoly over it. Thank you, Francis. Scott?
1: Um, it, well, it looks like in reality, though, the role of foundation so far has been you know, somewhat of a landing page for people interested in Bitcoin, and I think that's probably how it should be. Um, and the unfortunate thing is if you take a look at the uh, foundation's website. I mean, I don't see anywhere where Satoshi's white paper is even mentioned. So, you know, again, we're, we're talking Bitcoin is money for adults. So if the foundation's intent is going to be there, it's got to be what Satoshi basically stated. And if there's going to be privacy and anonymity, well, let's make that the viewpoints. And if there has to be something centralized, then let's go ahead and make it as open as possible. At least then, when people do come to us and point that they don't like what we're actually doing, we can respectfully point back to them that our mandate is directed by Satoshi's white paper and further as being adults if they want to disagree with that, we can say oh, that's great but as adults too we you know we should not allow anybody to take for something they can't if you can't ask for something you shouldn't be able to take it as well um, if we're going to go along having a foundation, decentralization has to be the key. there has to be open clients, and libraries, just having one library, um, I think is kind of ridiculous, especially if money is funded directly from the foundation for it. Um, Bitcoin, for instance, the perfect example of how there's other, you know, clients that can be utilized, and if there is money going to be flowing, it should flow to everybody equally.
3: Thank you, Scott. Jeremy? So I'm going to kind of flip the question around here and say that in a perfect world, Bitcoin would not require a 501c4 trade and advocacy groups. However, the world we live in is imperfect, and this awesome blockchain technology needs advocates. And like it or not, the Bitcoin Foundation has an ear with those in the world who have the capacity to let Bitcoin either flourish or flounder. And I'd prefer to see it flourish personally. The Bitcoin Foundation is not Bitcoin, but it can help promote and buttress it. And as the executive director of an educational nonprofit promoting Bitcoin, I see the foundation's role as very complementary and really speaking to those who make the decisions that influence this technology in a major way.
2: I think that uh, it's important to talk about decentralization, and we have to keep in mind, though, when we talk about ways to change over from the current way that development is done, we, we have to remember that we don't and will not have control over the developers. Gavin uh, is looked up to and and leads this in many ways. Uh, you know, certainly a voice that has a lot of influence in this community. Uh, he, he he's a smart guy and knows that clearly he could leave the foundation, start his own thing, and everybody would would, would fund it. He hasn't done that, and and I think that you know we have to take that in, into account. That uh, we can't just assume that that people are are going to. Um, you know, switch over to to another system unless we know for sure that they've already agreed to that. So I I definitely agree that we should decentralize more, uh, but we have to also keep in mind that uh, there are other factors that we don't control in that process.
0: Thank you, Bruce. Michael, the question once again is the role and responsibility of the foundation in reality and as you would have it in a perfect world. You have two minutes. Thanks, Adam. Uh, So, currently, the role and
9: responsibility of the Bitcoin Foundation, um, well, at least as currently as, as it was right before the very recent pivot, uh, they were concentrating on quite a lot of different things. There was some government lobbying uh, being, uh, taking place both in, in America and in, in Canada. There were some legal frameworks that, uh, that were being put in place. There were uh, uh, trademarks and patent holdings uh, to, to, st- uh, to fight against trolls. Uh, of course, there was developer funding um, and uh, making, I guess, uh, standards for, for developers. Uh, in, in a perfect world, as, as I see it, uh, they would be concentrating on just two things. And that would be the developer funding and the and the development of the, of the protocol and e- education for hu- the human capital. The human capital is the biggest deficit that we have in, in the cryptocurrency ecosystem. We don't have enough developers who understand Bitcoin through and through. Uh, and there are a lot of developers who understand a little bit about Bitcoin, but don't understand all of the... Uh, I guess the cryptographic details or some of the more technical details. And giving these people this knowledge and all the tools that they need uh, to succeed, I think will make our entire ecosystem a lot stronger. Thank you, Michael.
3: I just like to say there uh, seems to be a broad misunderstanding about the foundation's role in funding core development. It only pays for the salaries of what I believe are two of the core developers, um, you know, and all the core developers that do work on the Bitcoin protocol, you know, they, they, they have plenty of streams of income, as uh, Peter Todd, who's been saying with me for the past few days, has made quite clear to me. Thank you, Jeremy. And
0: that ends round one. The second round starts now. The order is going to be different in terms of speaking for this one. And the question slash prompt, this is really more of a prompt, the foundation and decentralization broadly. The first speaker on this particular prompt is Theo. Your two minutes starts now.
5: Thanks, Adam.: Well, the foundation and the decentralization, I don't believe that they are they are, they are not mutually exclusive. I mean, there are those who believe in total decentralization, and there are those who believe that some sort of minimal communication in the, should happen. I don't see that both structures cannot coexist together in the Bitcoin world. I mean, those who feel that they want to be left alone can spend the time and develop their hard content. And those who believe that there be some structure where people can exchange ideas for the, for the Bitcoin, they should get together. And those of us who do believe in that, we should uh, lobby for some sort of foundation, or a group. And, and that's, what it, that's what this election is all about. So I don't believe that the foundation and decentralization cannot coexist together.
0: Thank you, Theo. Francis?
8: Thank you, Adam. Um, just a little background about myself and my politics. I'm definitely a radical libertarian um, fighting against the state, um, pro-decentralization, um, I would call myself an anarcho-capitalist. I don't at all believe that the existence of a centralized institution like the foundation is contradictory to, um, the crypto decentralization movement and far from it. I think to think that a centralized institution is contradictory is beyond ridiculous. In fact, um, there can be no decentralized society if people aren't free to associate themselves and coordinate this, their interests. Um, one day, perhaps, we'll see a a Bitcoin foundation or something of the likes, uh, which will be a DAC or something like Lighthouse. Um, I don't believe, and uh, all due respect to to Ollie that the necessary te- technology has been developed yet or is, is easy to use um, to make it a logical choice for the foundation right now. Um, I think uh, that the Bitcoin core development is already decentralized. Um, the foundation, as Jeremy pointed out, Um, only supplies a salary to, I think, two core developers and the technical team is only four people. Um, BitPay, Blockstream are paying for core development and a lot of developers are doing that on their free time. Um, I think the foundation can, as Michael said, uh, create training programs to have more developers take part of the development process. So the foundation by existing and by making those resources available, um, it is, contributing to decentralization uh, of the Bitcoin uh, development and and, and protocol. Um, Finally, uh, I think in a decentralized society, um, it's just normal to have people uh, link their interests together with some form of institution. And it's not at all contradictory to, uh, to the decentralization movement to have a foundation. Thank you, Francis. Yes,
4: I understand the remarks you made and also the remarks uh, which were made in the, in the previous uh, question. And I will give you like a two-minute extensive reply on why I think it, it does the foundation does have a negative inf- influence on, um, on core development and why it actually does uh, have a, a control over, over the developers. So I'll, I will re- respond to that extensively in the next question.
0: Thank you for that response, Olivier. Your two minutes actually starts right now for this question.
4: Okay, so ultimately the Bitcoin Foundation should have no control over Bitcoin itself. Um, at all times I will support decentralization initiatives for decentralizing core development and anything else which would, di- would help diminish the Bitcoin Foundation's power. I will only support harmless and positive initiatives such as spreading positive awareness about Bitcoin itself and outlining its amazing principles um, and protecting the essence of Bitcoin by outlining um, the Uh, Satoshi's uh, 2009 white paper
10: To be clear, I've not argued that the foundation is inconsistent with a decentralist ethic I don't regard myself as a decentralization fetishist and I don't think my particular critiques of the foundation or its membership or advocates fall in line with uh, oh, we just should have great decentralization My point is that this foundation as organized was never meant to be a decentralist organization and it's straining and frankly humiliating to try to, to reconcile the two it's obviously built as a trade group, uh, a trade lobbyist group, uh, an industrial lobby that promotes the interests of its memberships and does not behave like an open standards group would with an actual open documentary process that develops actual open source standards, uh, its working group procedures, uh, its, its directorship. It's all top down in its organization when the best, especially when we're talking about the Internet standards, are developed with bottom up working group and document standards where anyone can uh, suggest a deliverable and anyone can be invited into the process and anyone know about what is being developed. Uh, The Bitcoin improvement protocol could be stewarded by a much more lean volunteer secretariat. This foundation has no need to exist and everyone is training to justify it. Frankly, it is embarrassing to the digital libertarian.
3: Thank you, Cody. Jeremy? Decentralized applications, technologies. And organizations that harness blockchain technology and Bitcoin require advocates, just like the cryptocurrency does. Uh, The College Cryptocurrency Network is a clear demonstration of how a decentralized nonprofit organization can be structured and function excellently. I would hope that if I joined the foundation, I could bring some of the lessons we've learned with the CCN to the foundation's board and help us kind of uh, decentralize the structure further. Furthermore, uh, the foundation requires an advocate for Bitcoin-related decentralized applications on its board. As part of Augur, a decentralized prediction market platform, I can certainly serve as this advocate, and being tapped into a lot of the other surrounding technologies, such as Ethereum, um, I think would be important to have a voice kind of giving input from that sector of this industry.
8: Thank you, Jeremy.
3: I agree with you, Cody. I think the the
8: management of the foundation is way too top down. Um, I'm part of the uh, CEO of the affiliate chapter, so I have kind of an insider's perspective. Um, not only uh, was I privy to how the affiliate program works, which is extremely top down. It was a, a kind of franchise model trying to expand all of the world. Um, I have dealt with the bureaucratic um, obstacles of the Bitcoin Foundation. I just think that why can't we reform it? I mean, if um, if there's a problem with this foundation, we can reform it. And if people are not happy with the foundation, then they're free to do a competing organization, another foundation. Um, I don't understand why we should try to, um, you know, kind of sabotage it from the inside where, you know, we could try to do some reform or perhaps, you know, do a competing one, which would be, I guess, more in the process of competition and decentralization.
10: Okay, I plan to get into this on another question, but, but basically the question is why not reform? Francis is a reform candidate. If you want reform, vote Francis. If you want blackmail, ritual justice, vote Cody Wilson. I think by destroying the foundation we're not sanctioning it we're articulating a new symbolic cycle we're saying to ourselves and trying to renew as digital libertarians our solidarity reconfirming an ethic to ourselves that we don't want institutions like this to proliferate and exist and to inject with hired help like jim harper state thought into the body of bitcoin it's an attempt to to articulate ourselves as individuals in a ritual act thank you cody colin
0: restating the question. The Bitcoin Foundation and decentralization broadly. You can also respond to anything else that's been said so far.
7: Okay. Uh, well, this is Colin Gallagher, and um, you know the the question here being the foundation and decentralization broadly. So, if I could step back from some of the things that have already been said and look at that more broadly, like let's say that I were sitting on the foundation board, and there were somebody from you know, some agency coming up to the foundation and saying, hey, foundation, let's propose something to you um, for development, to fund the development or something. You know, my vote would be no. But then what Cody is saying is why would you want a foundation in the first place when that is the kind of centralization that you wouldn't want in the first place that might allow that kind of proposal to happen? And why should I have to say no or vote on it in the first place if – if that kind of thing might be dangerous, even if we're only talking about the funding of two developers or three developers or something. This is why I myself think that the overall um, foundation and decentralization issue should be more focused and more broad and should allow for, in my view, I, I, I prefer that the foundation should exist, but where we should hybridize it, where we're talking about decentralization of functions. So we're looking at decentralization of development. The development is already decentralized, but we should more decentralize the functions, sort of a, a tearing apart, if you will, of where the functions are. So is there a function of, devel- of development and development funding? Yes. So how do you further get that out and away from where it is currently in the foundation so that more people are either participating in it or making it work, or there's a, a sort of a AI-ish. Uh, aspect to it. To me, I think that we need to work a lot harder about decentralization and what that means more broadly, go further than
0: we already have and not assume that
7: we're okay where we are.
0: Thank you, Colin. Bruce? The foundation and decentralization broadly.
2: Thank you. My name is Bruce Fenton. I think that uh, there's there's a lot of talk and focus about decentralization, and I absolutely believe that it is important. And I think it would be great if the foundation could serve as a model of a decentralized organization. I am fascinated by the concept of decentralized autonomous organizations and a lot of the technology that's been developed about this. However, I don't think that that is the number one priority for a couple of reasons. One, it's easier said than done. There hasn't been a lot of successful models. Check Technology like Lighthouse are brand new. We can't point to organizations that have had meaningful impact on our world that have used this, this model. And I feel that Bitcoin and our ecosystem in general has enough on our plate without trying to uh, make reinventing the wheel the first priority. I think it would be great if we could do that and and be an example for the world, but I don't think it's the number one priority. Uh, the second reason is, although we push for decentralization, and I agree with what Francis had said earlier, which is that uh, that and a libertarian outlook are not mutually exclusive, I think in a libertarian world, we can have central organizations because we should recognize that Central organizations do exist in the world, and whether we like it or not, someone will have a place at the table in dealing with these other centralized organizations. I would rather have it be someone who is against regulation, who has the libertarian ideals I- I- in mind, rather than have some other organization or no organization be interacting with the uh, the types of, of centralized organizations that, whether we like it or not, unfortunately or fortunately, they do exist. Uh, There was things like the World Economic Forum at Davos just last week, which had uh, a whole slew of world leaders. Uh, We can wish it didn't happen or try and hold up our hand and wish it didn't exist, but I would rather try and engage with these kind of things and make a difference in a positive and liberty-oriented way.
0: The prompt again restated the foundation and decentralization broadly. Scott, you have two minutes.
1: Thank you, Adam. Well, again, I think you know one of the big things that we have to look at is decentralization is written into the code. I mean, we're we're, we're broadly stating that you know our intent is to follow what Satoshi wrote. So decentralization is there. You, you, however, decentralization and association are two different things. Um, anybody should be able to associate with whomever they decide without anybody telling they can, can or cannot make that association. So if we're going to have a foundation um, and people are going to associate with it, then as close as we can get. On um, a non-mathematical dissociation, decentralized, means it has to be completely open. And if it's going to be completely open, that means, as you know, as Olivier stated, there has to be open broadcaster meetings, there has to be open financials, there can be no bicker behind the rooms, we're not a Davos, we're not going to go to some Swiss and side, what's going to be made for people um, in general. What we're doing is, we're, again, we're living to Satoshi's code, and we don't need a trusted third party. But if there is going to be an association, such as the Bitcoin Foundation, it has to adhere to at least the codes of stating that whatever it states publicly needs to be public and not private, just like broadcasting a ledger.
0: Thank you, Scott.
6: Jim. I think I want to echo some of the sensible sentiments that Bruce said about uh, the foundation and decentralization. Certainly, the essence of Bitcoin itself is decentralization, decentralized development, decentralized mining, decentralized nodes, and to the extent possible decentralization of use. That is is the essence of Bitcoin, and the Bitcoin Foundation should defend that. Not every participant in the Bitcoin ecosystem needs to be decentralized. We obviously have businesses, which are voluntary, centralized organizations, consortia of very various kinds and advocacy groups, all voluntary. Uh, The Bitcoin Foundation is one such advocacy group. That kind of centralization, that is people getting together and organizing uh, something like this, allows for professionalization. I'd love for uh, everyone to be able to talk to everyone else in the world and, and get what Bitcoin known and well understood, but there are professional PR things that can be done to broadcast the word about Bitcoin. Government relations, it's a, it's a field I work in, so we'll go ahead and discount what I have to say. But there are there are professional aspects to it that, that are better done by people who know what they're doing. Legal issues, of course, require require professionals. And getting together and, and, and hiring people in a centralized fashion to work on Bitcoin I think is, is perfectly fine. None of what I've said suggests that the Bitcoin Foundation has done this stuff well. And I'd very much like to see the, the foundation improve. Uh, it is a little bit more decentralized currently than than a lot of organizations. Having an elective board is more decentralized than most nonprofit boards. That puts put forward the obligation of members to participate. So it's good that people are listening in on this, but uh, but I think it's going to be very telling whether we get an election that has high participation rates and that produces candidates who are actually willing to work on the foundation's basic. Functioning, finances, organization, and transparency.
5: Thanks. Yeah, I just wanted to to piggyback on James' comment on profi- professional professionalization of the foundation task. This is a word. I mean, the foundation is a, a group of volunteer, and when I hear that we want to professionalize, that means to use a trade the max. And that shouldn't be the role of the foundation to be professional at everything. It should be more where non-professional have a voice to say something. And as unorganized they are, they should be able to find a common ground and present it with the help of people who know, but not to professionalize every task of it.
0: Thank you, Thea. Colin?
5: Back to this
7: decentralization bit, Uh, to me, I think that in general there are aspects of of the foundation uh, of of the board and of in terms of what we see as certain decisions of the foundation that have that have signified or symbolized migration away from the overall sense of what Bitcoin stands for of its of the nature of its code of decentralization itself, and I would like to see that change, and I would like to see an aspect of of certain of its decisions returning to to incline more towards decentralization as as a principle. I'm not sure how that would manifest itself, but I would like to see I would like to see more of an inclination towards those sort of decisions generally as a principle in terms of how it expresses itself.
0: Thank you,
1: Scott. Thank you, Adam. Well, again, I think you know. What can you say? Decentralization is basically baked into the code. Um, the foundation, whether it exists or not, is almost immaterial. Uh, the point is, if the foundation is going to exist, it has to point to the fact that, you know, we're at least the actual code that we're pushing is decentralized. It doesn't matter about the foundation itself in theory, but if they're going to exist, it has to stand behind that. Um, and that means an open association for everybody.
0: Michael. You're the last to respond to this one. Let me restate it real briefly. The foundation and decentralization, broadly.
9: The whole uh, concept of decentralization uh, ever since Satoshi's white paper uh, has made absolutely amazing innovations in, in our uh, in- industry, in the computing industry. And having decentralization as one of the core tenets and one of the, the primary um, goals of everybody who deals with Bitcoin I think is absolutely necessary. And um, I'm happy to say that I definitely hold decentralization above any aspect that is needed in, in our industry, and that includes uh, widespread adoption. Um, a lot of people uh, like to uh, use the phrase, you know, decentralize everything. And they they want to decentralize absolutely every um, aspect of everything. And at, uh, up front, that sounds like it, it's a good idea until you you start realizing that, unfortunately, there are many things that can't be decentralized. Uh, and I think Jim said it best when, um, uh, even though we are in a decentralized um economy and we're using a decentralized protocol we still need to have some centralized points for certain things whether that is um BitPay, uh, who's making an invoicing system and all of uh, all their uh, the invoices for their clients are funneled through their one centralized system uh, or it's um block streams uh, centralization of of their development um goals and their in their proposals uh having these centralized points isn't a bad thing. And uh, where the foundation fits in, uh, I see it as a a centralized organization that assists this decentralized protocol and decentralized technology. And um, where Olivier said that uh, control over uh, the Bitcoin uh, network should be uh, decentralized, I absolutely agree. And, And where Olivier also says that development should be uh, decentralized. I couldn't agree more. And um, just because it's a centralized foundation doesn't mean that it is in control of Bitcoin.
0: Thank you.
2: My name is Bruce Fenton. I, I, I understand the reason that we're talking about this decentralization uh, so much, but I would just point out that We don't know if this technology is going to work. We all believe in it. We've all put a lot of our heart and soul and and money and and lives into this, but we don't know if it's going to work. We're in a fight right now. There are active enemies of this technology, people who want to destroy it. There are centralized forces that want to wreck this. And I think that our main focus should be on doing every single thing we can to, to fight that battle. And I would rather see our efforts f- focused on fighting people like losky than taking the time and effort to create a new system that has never really been done before with decentralized autonomous organizations and, and things like that. I, I definitely believe they're a priority. I like them. I, I think that we should do that. I hope that we can be a model uh, for other organizations, but I, I just think the priority should be to do everything we can to make this technology work.
9: Bruce, I couldn't have said it any better myself. I, I, I absolutely agree with uh, with the risks that you uh, you laid out and the priorities. Um, Bitcoin is still a beta protocol, um, and uh, while while many do say that you know trying to decentralize everything is uh, is a great way, I absolutely agree uh, agree with you that we we unfortunately do need to have certain aspects of our ecosystem centralized and. Uh, as long as those uh, smaller centralized pockets are working for that common goal and they're keeping all, all of those, those um, risks that you mentioned in mind uh, and they're protecting our ecosystem against those risks, uh, I don't see any issue with these uh, small centralized pockets of focused energy because gathering these resources together for a common goal is a needed
0: thing. Thank you, Michael. And with that, we conclude the second round of today's debate. While we get ready for round three, I'd like to present my good friend John Barrett, host of the Bitcoins and Gravy Show, to perform his original song, Ode to Satoshi. John?
11: While the bankers count our money out for every government Oh, Bitcoin flies on through the skies of virtuality A promise to deliver us from age-old tyranny Oh, Bitcoin, as you're going into the old blockchain Oh, Bitcoin, I know you're going to rain, going to rain Till everybody knows, everybody knows, till everybody knows your name Till everybody knows, everybody knows, till everybody knows your Give me some exposure. Everybody knows your name, sing it. Oh, Lord, pass me some more. Oh, Lord, before I have to go. Oh, Lord, pass me some more. Oh, Lord, before I have to go.
0: We'll move to round three. The first speaker in this round is going to be Jim. And the prompt is the foundation and development and or the protocol. It's, it's a pretty broad question. You can talk about the foundation's role in all of these things or just the specifics of either broadly. You have two minutes, Jim, starting now. I'll take a, a
6: radical view as a candidate for the Bitcoin Foundation Board. I'm in favor of development of the Bitcoin protocol. Uh, of course, I'm speaking you know, uh facetious way yes obviously i support development and i think the foundation should participate in development Uh, but it's not the only thing that the foundation should do and i i uh, disagreed with the pivot to development only though i acknowledge that may have been necessitated by circumstances my preference for the bitcoin foundation would be to come up with ways to decentralize development It's fine to support developers, and I don't think there's a great threat in Bitcoin increasing its support for development. But the best thing would be to find a solution where development is is done more broadly. Uh, What businesses could we impose upon to to support development in-house? How could we foster a community of developers that are apart from the Bitcoin Foundation? Because I acknowledge that a a heavy number of, of important developers at the foundation would have a centralizing influence that could be concerning. The thing the Bitcoin Foundation is doing uh, in the Pivot, which I which I do support and which I think we can build on, is helping with training. There's obviously, along with other challenges to the Bitcoin ecosystem, there's a deficit in terms of just knowledge, just technical knowledge, and and the Bitcoin community needs more of it. The Pivot allows Bitcoin Foundation to help with that, help may help cure the shortage of technology, and that will help to cure what centralization there is in the development world. not the only thing for the Bitcoin Foundation, an important thing for the Bitcoin Foundation. And from development, I'd like to see the foundation build out to whatever else the Bitcoin ecosystem needs in the view of the membership of the foundation.
10: Thanks. Thank you, Jim. Cody? The foundation in regards to protocol development now seems to specifically promulgate a moral hazard. And that moral hazard is... I think, the full-time support of Gavin uh, and his attendant hero worship. It promulgates both of these and, and I think inculcates a certain laziness on the part of marginals in Bitcoin or people who haven't quite decided to get both feet wet uh, in Bitcoin development and call it laziness, call it a hesitancy to become intimate with the code. But you know at least we know that Gavin is working full-time, and so there, be, there it becomes, and it's through no one particular person's fault, an over-reliance on, uh, one, this organization, and two, its, you know, quote-unquote, great man and his development. Uh, So without any of the formal critique that I'm introducing earlier or that I will introduce later, specifically the foundation's relationship development, after its new pivot, even, uh, is contrary to, I think, a libertarian ethic and promotes a moral hazard. Thank you, Cody. Next up, we have Theo.
5: In relation to coding and the foundation, I think the foundation role within the code shouldn't be to promote new ideas or new feature into the code, but more to be like a guarantor or the COP to make sure that code keeps with the ideal of decentralization, to make sure that there is no bad virgin horse embedded in the code. That's more the relationship of how I see the foundation and coding. So, when it comes to, to what I would do for, for the advocacy for for the foundation is exactly that is making sure that the foundation monitors or things happening in the ecosystem and to broadcast them. For example, when we see on wiki page false information. And when people remove it, suddenly reappears. And so that's the foundation role is to make sure that the bad element is rooted out by calling upon it. So in terms of the coding, like I said, it should be making sure the code is clean. And what I would like to see is more like the development of a trust label saying here is a certification step that you can take to make sure that you are a reputable company. And if you get it, you are reputable. Also, the foundation should work with helping the membership into figuring out the step into how to defend themselves. For example, I'm involved in a lawsuit against Lowski because I live in New York State. And I would have expected the the, the foundation to have some roadmap. I could use to defend myself,
2: and that's the role I see.
12: Um, This
8: is a rebuttal to Jim and uh, also Theo. Um, Since we started the Bitcoin Embassy in 2013, I cannot count um, how many local organizations are involved. In education, in monitoring the Wikipedia page, in producing educational resources, in regional lobbying, in Canada we have two organizations who are doing lobbying: the um, the Bitcoin Alliance and the Bitcoin Foundation Canada. In the U.S. there's Coin Center, um, there's Bruce's organization, um, there's the Digital Chamber of Commerce. Uh, I know of such organizations all over Europe, and I would just like to point out that all of these organizations, in all of these organizations, none of them are involved in uh, financing or supporting core development. Thank you, Scott,
0: so you'll have two minutes to respond to this question., uh, The prompt again is the foundation and development slash whatever your take on it is, the protocol.
1: Thanks, Adam. Um, well, I think the real concern that is important in my mind is does the foundation have an overreaching influence on development? Um I think Cody pointed out pretty well that there's a powerful incentive um, to for development to be centralized if there's a financial incentive present, you know i e through the foundation so how do you solve that problem? Um, one of the solving problems may be that if you have a competitive um, a client or library, that should also be funded. And just like you know the party system in the United States, if we were to go ahead and do what we were supposed to do, which is, i.e., funding everybody through their taxes, through a little box that you check, well, then if we have one or 10,000 different um, people running for a platform or different parties, well, then that would be great. That would be decentralized in itself because of the nature of it being spread out. Um, but I think, you know, again, that's what we should be looking at. If you're going to give money to one source, it should be all sources, or or just don't do it. Um, the, the great thing about the consensus protocol, as Satoshi put into his paper, the process is already set. It's already set to 51%. Um, so the process, at the end of the day, the development will take care of itself.
0: Thank you, Scott. Colin?
7: Okay, so for me, the foundation development of the protocol is bigger, far bigger, obviously, than just... The foundation, because the foundation to me is just like a micro slice of what is happening in in development land. And um, I, I look at things like what has gone on since since the foundation, since um since developers talked about what to do with uh, dust issues. Um, what is happening in um, micro transactions, which is a big interest um, to me. Uh, uh, I have like a micro giving uh, project that I'm kind of working on. What about uh, what about more generally the, the future of how um, there can be difficulty adjustments like this this discussion of the Komodo gravity well so that people with ordinary computers might be able to contribute a small amount of their computing power to to mining again which right now is really not feasible is the, is this kind of thing possible so could could the foundation introduce um, these kind of discussions or have them or have people come in to have them more regularly introduced um, at least for discussion conceptually um, before the foundation, and then have these these avenues for participation be um, submitted in through GitHub um, so that non-technical users could be able to introduce ideas that they've heard about or have interacted with some developers and then maybe have them introduced in a non-technical way. I think that's, that's something that the foundation could serve to be useful for, again, you know, if if it's non-technical, because the more technical that you get, the more you're diving into lists and into GitHub, and then from my perspective, as I'm occasionally been a participant in that process, um, then it then it becomes an issue where in that in that venue, it becomes very very technical, and a lot of people aren't interested in that. So the foundation is perhaps perhaps has avenues for non-technical
8: users that could be explored in the future. Thank you, Colin. Francis. Thanks, Adam. Um, since Patrick Merck took, took over the, 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 executive director position at the foundation, um, there has been an initiated change to focus on development. And I agree 100% with that decision. And as a board member, I would assure, ensure that this change, uh, and focus, uh, remains. Um, first of all, the foundation as I guess when people talk about the foundation influencing development, they meet the board. Um, I really don't think that the board influences Gavin and his team in in, in their technical decision. If that's the case, then um, I'm a fool. And if I get elected, I'll, I'll tell you guys that I was a fool. Um, but in any case, um, what Gavin does as an employee of the foundation, I'm pretty certain he would do, um, you know, either as self-employed or employee of, of a corporation. Um the foundation, is a nonprofit, and I think it's important to have at least one nonprofit um, in, involved in development. Um, nobody's mentioning Blockstream raised twenty-one million, and they're hiring core developers, and you know um, they're a, a private corporation. Um, so so is BitPay. So I think it's good to have at least one kind of neutral organization um, in, in, involved there. Um, the development process um, is. Bit meaningless because all, not, not meaningless in the sense that all the, the proposed changes have to be implemented by miners. So it doesn't really matter um, what the foundation wants to implement as a change. Um, the changes have to be implemented by miners. And one of the reasons why it's good to have at least one centralized corporation is that when big forks and big changes have to be implemented you need to get all the miners and all the big mining pools into you know one kind of discussion and you know uh, maybe before the fork happens you try to coordinate everyone um this obviously can't really be done by a decentralized uh corporation so simply you know i think there's room for at least one centralized nonprofit involved in development and the foundation already fulfills this role
6: I think Francis has done excellent work in Canada, and I and I salute all that he does and his colleagues there. Um, but I would be concerned to, with a pre-commitment to following the the pivot to uh, core development only. Most foundation members today signed up for a foundation that had a broader uh, a broader role that is the core dev, education, public policy, and all that other work. I think I think that a, one shouldn't probably commit to. That narrow focus, until tell learning more from the, the Foundation's membership what their priorities are for, for Bitcoin. So that's a, that's a difference between Francis and I, although he's uh, certainly an
0: excellent candidate. Thanks. Thank you, Jim. So Jeremy, you have uh, two minutes to respond to this question, starting now.
3: Like Francis, I couldn't be more supportive of Patrick Merck and Company's recent pivot towards development in the protocol. Um, The DevCore conferences, the first one I think being next month in Boston, are bringing fresh talent to Bitcoin. I know I have at least a dozen students from the CCN going to program on the blockchain for the very first time. And I think that can be a very vital role that the the foundation plays. But the foundation also does not necessarily need to solely dedicate itself to the development and protocol of Bitcoin, however, it requires the consensus of the community and of its members before being too extensive in its outreach in other areas, whereas with development it's something that there's general consensus is a good thing that the foundation supports.
7: Hi, I wanted to respond to um, Jeremy's and Francis's comments and um, some of the other thoughts I've heard here. And uh, this notion of uh, the, the supposed need for a centralized or centralized uh, companies uh, in order to, to somehow benefit or, or buffer what is going on in terms of a uh, consensus arrangements and the code and so forth, I, I think is a preposterous notion. And then the idea uh, that, you know, well, if you look at a, a GHASH, um, you know, or anything else that's gone on as, as just a basic observation... That this is, this is just, this is just just totally ridiculous. And so basically you don't need any, what you need is, is a, is a basic observation that, that we have a decentralized blockchain. And that's the only observation you really need. And beyond that, the observation that there will be, in fact, companies that are decentralized and some that, that are centralized. And and that's it. That's all.
3: I want to emphasize that I didn't really say anything about decentralization. All I said was that I, applaud the foundation's pivot to what its membership was seeking for the foundation to focus on, because that's what's really important. The foundation's supposed to serve as a trade group, advocacy group for its members, and that's what it did by shifting to focusing on core development. And I was applauding that measure, and I will support measures such as that, where they listen to its membership if I'm elected to the board. That's all I said. Thank you, Jeremy.
10: Cody. Uh, I was, was going to say something rude. I won't. Uh, the point bear emphasis that foundation, whether it be foundation or not, uh, BTF development, none of, Bitcoin development doesn't need legal substance. And this just desire, this furious desire to give it legal substance uh, really, really bears unpacking. And maybe that's what I'll turn question four into for me. Uh, also, unlike Jeremy, I'll arrive to Bitcoin foundation meetings, not hungover.
9: Uh, I'd just like to respond to, um to Colin's comments about, um, uh, his worries about, um, quote, centralization. Uh, I, I note that in, in the, uh, in the chat here, you, uh, you're, you're commenting barf, barf, as people were talking about, uh, centralizing some, some of the aspects of Bitcoin. And, um, I, I'm, I'm more that you, you may be thinking of it in, in a different way. Uh, There are many things that unfortunately cannot be decentralized. For example, when people need to uh, go and learn about Bitcoin, one of the first places they're going to go is Bitcoin.org. Does that mean that it's uh, uh, centralized? Well, I mean, yes, the web server is a central point to disseminate information, but that information is about our decentralized uh, uh, protocol. And uh, when... When companies get together or when groups of people get together to focus their effort uh, on development or on whatever they're doing, that's not a centralization. That's just a
0: focusing of resources. Thank you, Michael. Olivier, you have uh, two minutes to respond to the prompt. The prompt, once again, to remind is the foundation and development or the protocol any way you see fit. Two minutes on the clock starting now.
4: Okay, so I understood everyone's rebuttals about why they think it's not a real problem to have Bitcoin Foundation uh do core development. Uh I will tell you why and I would like you to listen very carefully because I've been thinking about this for over a year. And I also understand all your points and I've been thinking about those two for a long time. Um I have no issue with centralized organizations such as the BitPay or or like a BitPay uh Bitcoin.org website. Uh, I think the Bitcoin Foundation became desperate and is trying to keep itself alive by trying to get control over core development now. And they're abusing the status of, of Gavin and, and Vladimir. Um, the Bitcoin Foundation has Gavin and Vladimir on their payroll. Uh, Gavin was made lead developer by Satoshi. Uh, Gavin recently transferred lead status to Vladimir, while in a very extreme case... People could completely go around the core devs and fork the codes. I personally do consider Kevin and Vladimir to be in de facto control of what gets allowed inside the Bitcoin protocol or not. This also creates a dangerous risk for them to be politically inv- influenced by the Bitcoin Foundation since they get paid by them. Um, even if the above was proven to be false, uh, which, is, uh, which, is, which is not, uh, the Bitcoin Foundation is sitting in between the core devs and the community. It would be much more efficient to have the core devs directly paid by the community because uh, of the following reasons. Uh, There will be direct feedback between developers and the community because developers can list the features they would like to create and the community can sponsor the ones which they want the most. Um, uh, This will allow market mechanisms to take effect. So supply and demand will come into place. So if there's like $1 million being crowdfunded, many more developers can be paid and join in. If you really feel the Bitcoin Foundation prevents this from from natural process from happening. Thank you, Olivier.
0: Bruce?
2: Thank you. So I support Patrick Merck's focus on development, but I also believe that we should be more broad in our focus long term. I think that part of the reason for the shift in focus was due to resources. I think it's a wise thing, uh, given the time and financial situation of the foundation, particularly with the dropping uh, price Bitcoin and the financial resources. But I believe that we should be more broad when possible in the future and as we grow, and hopefully this uh, entire space will grow. On the bigger picture of whether we should be involved in development or not, uh, is this a grab by some at relevancy for the foundation? Perhaps, maybe. Maybe. Uh, I think most of the people on this call are not involved in, in that, and that's not the motivation of most of the candidates or, or maybe any of them uh, for, for running. Um, there has been a, a, a shift and in changes in, in, in the board and other uh, positions within the foundation. Is is it needed at all? Is the foundation needed for core development? No, it's not. Uh, but we could also say that about any centralized organization or any charity, and many of them do very good things. So I think the, the bigger question is, is not uh, – uh, is this a grasp of relevancy is this needed but can it be a benefit i think we need all the help that we can get in this space and i firmly believe that we can continue on the path that we have i think that most people in this community support gavin and support the, the system and although they want changes i think that overall this can be uh, a very positive thing and i think the dev core um, plans that are going on in Boston. Developing the developers is a great example of that. That's something that, uh, sure, somebody else could have done it, but nobody else so far has stepped up with something quite of that quality and caliber. So I think that we can be a force for good and we can be a positive net benefit on this community and on Bitcoin. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Bruce. Michael, you have two minutes on the clock starting now.
9: So... Uh- Olivier was, was commenting on the uh, uh, the quote, centralization of development with the Bitcoin Foundation. And he paints a picture uh, where it makes it seem like every one of the core developers are all employed by the Bitcoin Foundation, which gives the foundation undue influence over all of Bitcoin development. That's simply not the case. Uh, there are a variety of different companies involved, whether it's Blockstream, whether it's BitPay, whether it's uh, of course, the Bitcoin Foundation, uh, Cypherx, uh, or Armory. And each of these these five companies, they all employ uh, many of the developers who aren't employed by the, the foundation. Uh, people like uh, Mike Hearn, Alan Rayner, uh, Jeff Garzik, Luke Jr, Peter Todd, Eric Lombroso, all of these developers work for a variety of different companies. Satoshi wrote in the code that consensus rules, and uh, Scott uh, commented on this earlier, that uh, 51% is required for things to move forward. And Satoshi chose Gavin to succeed him because Gavin displays this personality trait in spades. Uh, every change that uh, that is proposed by any developer, whether it's one of these core developers or not, is debated by uh, everybody, and when there is consensus and everyone agrees this is an improvement that uh, would benefit all of us, only then is it included. And because of this decentralized methodology, there there is no risk for the foundation to be in control of development because they're not in control of development. They're just one of many developers who are contributing. And uh, while, yes, Gavin is, is a great leader in terms of um, uh, uh, his personality, he's able to uh, focus the efforts of many people together. He never has used that to shoehorn something that uh, he likes or to r- uh, restrict something that he doesn't like. Uh, he works with the consensus that Satoshi gave him.
2: One other thing to follow up that could be a benefit of a centralized organization in in. A role in development. It's fortunately the code itself protects the code from being co-opted in an easy manner. However, there are potential unforeseen situations that that could arise where you know, miners are given court orders to to you know follow uh, uh, protocol changes or other attempts that that we have just not thought of yet that could uh, arise to uh, you know try and corrupt or. or or um, you know, harm the code in some way. And so I, th- I think that having an organization that is able to fight for that and fight for the independence and fight for the, the true principles that we have uh, is useful. And I, I think also the, a lot of the more positive things like the DevCore developing the developers are uh, re- really good roles for this. So that's just something I'd add.
0: Thank you, Bruce. Scott, you have one minute starting now.
1: Thank you, Adam. Well, again, I think, you know, we're getting back to where the protocol, we, you know, again, there's a 51% consensus and it was done for a purposeful reason. Um, and again, if, if the foundation is going to control resources to do development, um, and I, I don't buy the argument that other people are not going to do it because they're not being incentivized by being paid. People are going to go into this for the simple fact that we are talking about money here. And the great thing about Bitcoin being the first application of the protocol, it's about money. It's going to draw people to it regardless if you're being paid or not. But if we are going to be a funding source, a foundation that is of development, then anybody who has an idea or who can develop should actually be you know, part of the pool. And that way we would have more and more people developing. And then obviously the development will go to those persons who have the most interest through passion to do it. And money won't be an issue.
0: Thank you, Scott. Olivier, you're the last person to speak during this round and you have one minute starting now.
4: Okay, so Gavin and Vladimir are the two developers with the highest regards and in, in, in the end still the real gatekeepers of Bitcoin. Um, I still think there could be many more developers involved in Bitcoin and much, mo- much more money raised. Uh, but the Bitcoin Foundation is preventing this because people do not want to pay the Bitcoin Foundation. Uh, decentralized crowdfunding platform without Gavin and Vladimir posting projects will have severely diminished chances of success. Uh, since they are the most trusted developers and the gatekeepers of Bitcoin. The moment Gavin and Vladimir start their own public decentralized crowdfunding projects, my point will be proven. And as long as they keep sitting under the foundation's thumb, this won't really happen. So the conclusion is the fact that the Bitcoin Foundation has the core developers on their payroll creates a market distortion and disconnect. So as a result, the Bitcoin development is not going to its full capacity.
0: The foundation should stop hiring core devs and development should be decentralized. Thank you, Olivier. And that concludes the third questioning round of uh, the debate. Question four starts now. The first to speak during this round will be Francis, and the prompt is reforms that you would institute or current practices that you would codify at the Foundation. Talk about the Foundation itself, whether internally or internationally, again the idea here is to talk about the ambitions of the Foundation as you see it, and also again to to highlight the things that you think are going well and that have been done well, and to highlight the things that you think really aren't going well and that, you, that need to be changed as
8: soon as possible. So Francis, you have two minutes to respond to this prompt. On the clock right now. Thanks, Adam. Um, I think it's important for candidates to realize that they will be one of seven board members and they cannot unilaterally, uh, implement any changes and that the board has already indicated that, you know, support for Patrick Merck's uh, changes. Uh, with that in mind, I'll list, uh, the reforms that I would, uh, implement or support if I'm, uh, if I'm elected. Um, first, the technical development, uh, of Bitcoin will become the foundation's only essential mission, uh, and main expenditure. Um, any activity is going to be undertaken with the rationale of obtaining resources and tools to develop Bitcoin's technical infrastructure. Direct political lobbying would cease immediately. Um, that doesn't mean that board members or Patrick Merck can, using very limited resources, um, try to be thought leaders in, um, you know, in, in regulation specifically um, to oppose any technological specific or discriminatory re- would not be a mandate of the foundation and it will no longer attempt to centrally produce educational material um expansion of the affiliate program will cease immediately. Um, I have been heavily involved in, in uh, this program and I don't think it's it's working that well. Um I think we should move from a franchise model to a more decentralized partnership model, but certainly not look to add more affiliates. Um I think bod- broad budget orientations and financial statements should be made available. This does not include the wage of staff, which I think publishing that would be a gross violation of their privacy. I think we should, at minimum, know um, the the basic broad budget orientation. So what's being spent on development, what's being spent on this and that. Uh, Also, fundraising expenses versus administrative expenses. Um, Generally speaking, uh, we should switch from a top-down corporate model of organization to a more um, bottom-up grassroots. And I would personally assume an unofficial role of watchdog uh, on the board, uh, reporting to members my concerns and taking their complaints. Thank you. Jeremy, we have two minutes. Uh, the prompt is reforms that you would institute
0: or current practices you would codify at the foundation really throughout the entire scope of its activity. You have two minutes on the clock starting now.
3: Based off of a lot of the conversations I've had with Bitcoiners around the world, uh, the foundation needs to desperately reform its onboarding process for international branches. I don't really know how this should be done. I need to explore the process further. But I know right now if you want to start a branch of the Bitcoin Foundation in a foreign country, you have to go through hundreds of pages of legal documentation. And that just sounds like a miserable and and very bureaucratic process that shouldn't really be happening in the age of the blockchain. Uh, furthermore, I think membership fees should be lower as well, if not free, uh, at least for individual members. And lastly, I think it would not be a bad idea for the foundation to identify the bad actors in the ecosystem before businesses implode, such as Gaw Miners, for example. Thank you. Thank you, Jeremy.
0: Scott. Uh, you have two minutes on the clock to respond to this uh, to respond to this prompt, which is about uh, what practices you like from the foundation and what things that you think should change. This is basically a modif- uh I like to talk about shining examples and horrible warnings because I think that it's really important in a decentralized environment that we learn from both. And it seems like the foundation is one of the organizations that's been around, you know, for a while. Certainly has examples of both good and bad. So that's really the intention of this prompt. Uh, you have two minutes on the clock, starting now.
1: Thank you, Adam. Well, good and bad are always going to exist for the simple fact that we're human. And because we have an organization of people that are together, those humans are going to make collective mistakes. It just has to have courage people to go back to what the intent of what the board should be. And that is Satoshi's white paper. I mean, there's nothing more simple than that. I mean – um, we have to codify if there's going to be a, a broad network of bylaws and if there's going to be board members and there's going to be charters, et cetera. Well, then well, we got to go back to what Satoshi said. And if it's going to be privacy and anonymity, we can't collectively do that with a foundation. So we have to instead support something along the lines of just the opposite. If you can't make one transaction notified, you have to make all transactions notified. Financial statements need to be made public. Not not, not details, but summary. Um, the reason why Linux works is because people are passionate about it. There's a network effect. Uh, we've already brought the problem of money into the foundation. So if we're going to have the money of, uh, the money problem there, let's go ahead and spread it so far out that, again, anybody who wants to join in in development or anybody who wants to put in a different type of client should be funded. Um, that way, we can determine that the persons who spend the most time um, developing this out are going to be the ones that are passionate about it. Um, Again, the foundation is a member of people. It's an association. No one needs to associate it with it unless they choose to do so. Um, and if we're going to keep this thing alive, it, that's exactly it's got to be. It's got to be the way that people associate, which we've got to make mistakes. This thing's going to be done. But people are going to have the courage to say, at the end of the day, this is what our intent is. And that intent is pretty clear. It's Satoshi's white paper.
0: Thank you, Scott.
5: Theo, well, the reform I would institute as member of, I have been a member of many nonprofit organizations. And as a member of a nonprofit, I expect certain things to be made public. Uh, the financial of the organization, the bylaws of the organization, and to make them public, but also easily accessible, where I don't have to spend three hours trying to dig through many layers of website just to find the document. And So as a member of the board, I would advocate for the easy finding of all the inner working of the organization for the paying member, because the organization is for the members. And I would w- like to work on strengthening the grassroots movement within the organization to bring committees, people who are interested in developing an idea, to give them the form, the committee, to express themselves and to brainstorm ideas, and I think that's the role of the foundation: is just to to bring a place where people can freely brainstorm, in a codify somewhat, somewhat a codify in a in an area where they, they can find themselves, and we can give them some basic rule on how to conduct a meeting, how to do simple things that will allow them to better come up with idea. And that's the role of the foundation. So as a person in the foundation, I will try to bring this idea to the rest. Thank you, Theo.
10: Cody? Okay, my candidacy is pretty clear in its forms, which are in fact not reforms, but unforming, or to unform the foundation, I believe it should be disbanded, dissolved, the Bitcoin should be given away in a jubilee to open source software development. And in, uh, in the ashes, we have people like, um, Gavin and, and Andreas who have already promoted, uh, my own proposal. We could reform, uh, Bitcoin engineering task force if need be, but leave, leave that, uh, to luminaries in Bitcoin to do themselves. If left to itself, the world is perfect. As I said earlier, my, What's really insidious to me is the thinking of people like Bruce who, you know, they say that they're anti status but really all they want to do is promote this idea that society and our role as social beings to be sensible and responsible, see like this – we all know that this this social space we're beckoned into is repressive and is made of special institutions, and they say, well, we should at least have a seat at the table. This is the promotion of the state form and its maintenance in Bitcoin thought. It is promoting and preserving conceptual autonomy of the state, and we will not overcome – the problems inherent in Bitcoin and the revolution that we all think is somehow imminent in the technology until we have shed ourselves of this kind of thought. It's not just the form of the foundation that's the problem. It's the thought that it promotes. Thank you, Cody.
7: You know, Cody, um, what if the issue really isn't the form of the foundation or the fact that it's a corporation or not a corporation, but the fact that people are attempting to gather or associate in some way, even if the people are pro-corporate or pro-state that mostly occupy it? What if the issue is really whether or not people are trying to gather or associate in some way, that whether or not they're even really aware of it, are perhaps at some subconscious level attempting to align themselves with the blockchain itself, which, at least in my personal explicit way, It is my, the way that I express myself is oriented towards a post-nationalistic future. I personally choose to express myself in that way, even if people don't. And from my perspective, the way that I choose to express myself directs and expresses, I direct and express myself that way. And it's across the blockchain as well as verbally. So I don't see that that requires a destruction of the foundation itself.
0: Thank you, Colin. Olivier?
4: Okay, I would institute full transparency, so I would broadcast board meetings live with Q&A sessions in the end. I would publish financial records, so how much money is left anyway, we don't really know. Uh, I would decentralize core development, so have Gavin and Vladimir organize decentralized crowdfunds together with the other developers. um, And as a result, get core development in the public hands where it belongs and get the features that the public wants. Uh, I would also spread global awareness through creating local groups that go store to store to to promote Bitcoin with a monetary incentive, uh, like together with BitPay or something. I would also organize a mass change tip events so the whole world learns about Bitcoin. And finally, I would protect the essence of Bitcoin. Uh, So I would list the core principles of Bitcoin based on Satoshi's white paper and explain why they matter. I would keep Bitcoin anonymous, I would keep 21 million supply limits, and I would make sure
0: it's completely decentralized. Thank you, Olivier. Bruce, you're the next speaker. You have two minutes, starting now.
2: Thank you. There's a few things that I would do that I mentioned before. Uh, the, The goals would be transparency, decentralization, including more members, and dealing with regulators when they can be educated or fighting them when they have proven themselves to be enemies. But I think that in this overall conversation, there's a little bit of an over in my opinion, on the mechanics of how to run the Bitcoin Foundation versus what it is doing. If we're in a bubble where all we talk about is our bylaws and, and the mechanics of actually running the organization and um, the details of exactly which things we publish in transparency or, or, or whatever. Those are important things, but I don't believe those are the most important things. I think that we should be much more focused on actually what we're doing. And some of the things that I would like to do are fight very hard against the regulators who are uh, challenging this technology, people like Ben losky I think that we should have a, 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 a very, very organized and harsh approach to fighting people who have proven themselves to be enemies of this technology. And then equally, I would much rather uh, not fight someone. I'd rather reach out to them and educate them. There are, uh, I am not a fan of regulators, but there are regulators who simply have fundamental misunderstandings about how this technology works, who can be educated, who can be worked with, and can be influenced. And when I talk about these kind of things with with uh, global influence, I'm not talking about us being... In the smoke-filled room, making decisions that are directive—that—that that, uh, you know, at the detriment of members. I'm talking about us. Acknowledging that these smoke-filled rooms do exist, we do have enemies, and we should be working to uh, counter their influence. Thank you. Thank
10: you, Bruce. All right. I, I want to be clear that I respect Bruce, but he is wholly preoccupied with the question of authority, and he does enjoy regulation in this sense. All right. He wants a guarantee. Of some kind of revolution, he said it here. He said it in other forums. We don't know that this technology will work. Michael has joined it and said the same thing. Well, we don't know. It's you know, it's it's liminal and beta. We don't know it's going to work. Therefore, it's essential to be realistic and pragmatic. Listen, assume the abyssal acts. Do what you have to do without permission. And and the Bitcoin Foundation has stymied through its, through its uh, status collaborations, the most brilliant startups that were to ever be in Bitcoin. And all the while, through its blog and other publications, said, well, you know, we didn't know how bad it could have been if we weren't there. Good thing we were there. This is capitulation.
2: Thanks, Cody. Yeah, I, um, I just want to be clear that I am very much against regulation. And when I say that this is uncertainty it doesn't mean that i want to gain certainty by embracing regulation anyway I'm, I'm just acknowledging that there are these forces that exist whether we like it or not i wish ben lasky had no power based on merit he would not exist in our space i've said that many many times in public forums but the fact is he does exist he does affect businesses he's affecting businesses and even the price of bitcoin right now this this very week so i think that it it is we we can Think about what the ideal world is, and we can focus on uh, the change that we know this technology is capable of, but I view it almost like an on-ramp where you, you need to get cash into the system somehow by working with old existing organizations like banks that we may not like. We also need to fight these regulations to make this uh, way paved for this technology. Thanks. Thanks.
8: I think it's important to engage regulators um, for maybe a different reason than some people might think. Uh, in the grand scheme of things, I don't think regulators are the primary threat to Bitcoin. I think the primary threat is technological in nature. Um, however, there are businesses and, and individuals that will suffer that might end up being scapegoats. Um, this will happen on a national, regional basis. So- even as a libertarian, I don't intend to at least stand by and and suffer uh, these discriminatory regulations. I just think um, these fights are better conducted on, on on a local, regional level. I think it's a bit unfair to say that nobody should engage with regulators because some people have businesses and businesses are based on jurisdictions and they'll have to comply with those laws. Um, so also the foundation is an international organization. And even though they are affiliates, the affiliates are completely different organizations. And I personally don't want to see uh, the funds of international uh, people being used for lobbying only in Washington.
0: Thank you, Francis. Colin, you have two minutes to respond to the prompt, reforms you would institute or current practices you would codify. Okay, so this is
7: Colin Gallagher, and uh, reforms I would make going in right away will be building on some of the things that the foundation has already done, and one of those has been minutes. So the foundation has done minutes, um and publish them but they're not up to date by any means they're close to what to where they could get to to be basically up to par up to present but one of the things they could do is say um okay let's let's get it to where they they could publish draft draft minutes by by say like um uh you know a few weeks to to a month or whatever after Whatever meeting they hold and then make sure that the that the minutes are finalized by no later than say two months after after a, a meeting is, is held so that they have ample time to 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 finalize it and make sure they have time to look at it by the meeting after and then finalize it by two meetings after say so that would be once I can get that kind of thing nailed down and, and you know help work with with the you know the rest of the board members to figure out the technical, um, obstacles to, to getting them published on the site. Then it's agendas because right now there's no agendas for public or members view, and that would then make sure that you know before a meeting happens, then the members can see. Oh, hey, look, this is what they're going to do. This is what the this is what the board intends to do. There's a basic agenda here, bullet points. You know, one, two, three, four. Oh, you know, somebody's going to come and present something to the foundation, a development proposal somebody's coming in from out of the country or by virtual conference to talk to the foundation about something there's a basic idea of what they're going to do so it's transparent and also it means that the members will then weigh in or try to weigh in if they're interested in what's on the agenda okay and they'll say oh now now we have a way of uh, you know, looking at these things and then also Potentially, the, 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 basically, uh, the, the foundation could partner with the EFF or open media and advocate on behalf of the users to protect the users. That's what I would, would advocate for as well.
0: Thank you, Colin. Jim, you'll have two minutes to respond to the following prompts. Reforms that you would institute or current practices you would codify, talk about the foundation itself, internally to internationally. Two minutes starts now.
6: I think that serving on a foundation board is uh, probably a little more boring than most people think. And so I'll talk about small ball first. Uh, One is board transparency. Uh, I'm dissatisfied with the quality of the minutes that are being produced now. They need to be a substantial account of the content of meetings. And you'll see in the most recent board minutes, they are bullet points about things that happen to have been discussed. If we're going to be even a slightly decentralized organization, we need to have better minutes than that. Uh, I'll, I'll disagree slightly with Olivier, who I think uh, whose vision I've learned come to understand better through this process, and I appreciate it. Uh, I probably wouldn't broadcast board meetings or have Q&A at the end, if only because uh, such things would be so heavily populated by trolls, at least at this point. Uh, when we have a better community, that might be a possibility. Uh, finally, financial transparency. I think it's essential for the foundation to make financial information available. It may not tell a good story at this point, but building the confidence of the membership and building the competence of uh, business membership, building the competence of potential membership is, is very important and financial transparency will produce that. As far as the direction of the foundation, I think there's a methodology one can use for guiding a foundation like this. The Foundation commissioned me to do a risk management study of the Bitcoin ecosystem and included outcomes such as global financial inclusion, liberty and dignity, user-defined privacy, a stable money supply, things that the foundation can do to protect the ecosystem like to repeat that study using input from all the foundation membership so that, that knowledge can be aggregated and used to direct the foundation in the direction it should go. I think that's better than any pre-commitment to a particular path, and obviously any movement will require the foundation to be well-managed. So I'm a candidate for the foundation is because I think chiefly it needs to be well-managed first,
0: and then we'll build
6: in the direction that the membership wants it to go. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Jim. The final uh, two-minute statement for this questioning round goes to Michael. Michael, you have two minutes to respond to the broad prompt. Reforms that you would institute or current practices you would codify, talking about the foundation internally into internationally. Two minutes on the clock. Starts now.
9: Thanks, Adam. So I, I think um, as far as current practices that uh, I would codify, uh, I think the DevCorp Boston event is an, ex- I- I- an excellent example of what's needed. Uh, human capital is the biggest need right now, and uh, with the recent pivot to focus on development, I, I fully support that, but not necessarily in the way that, uh, that that many are thinking about that. Most people, when they hear about you know core development, they think of actually just coding uh, uh, Bitcoin. But I, I think that should only be maybe twenty five percent of the role of the Bitcoin Foundation. I think seventy five percent of the role should be the assistance of the human capital. Uh, things like providing more educational resources online, uh, more training courses and classes and workshop, more developer-centric events like devcore Boston in, in other countries and other cities. Uh, we, we need to allow the Bitcoin developers to uh, uh, to flourish and we need to uh, cultivate more of them. And. Uh, by concentrating on these assistive roles of development, I think is far more important than, uh, than just concentrating on the development itself. Um, essentially, I would prefer to leave the developers alone uh, the Bitcoin Foundation was created so that de- developers could focus on what they needed to without worry. And um, if, if we're talking about transitioning them to a different platform or you know, reorganizing the way that uh, that they're doing their work, frankly, we're getting too, too involved with with what they need to be doing. And, and that is uh, just bo- uh, we're bothering them and, and really distracting them. They need to continue the work that we all agree needs to be done. Um, and whether th- this development work comes from uh, developing companies like Jeff Garzik and BitPay, uh, it can also come from independents like uh, Peter Todd, who, who's, who's not in, in involved in, in, um, uh, with the company. So uh, those are my priorities for the foundation.
0: Thank you, Michael.
5: Yeah, I, I, w- I wanted to say I agree completely with Jim in the sense that the board needs to have maximum transparency. doesn't mean that all the meeting needs to be broadcast all the time, but transparency is primordial. I mean, I personally, in New York City, I was the founder secretary of a very small nonprofit that brought French-English dual language in the New York City public school. And anyone who has dealt with the monoliths of the Department of Education in New York City can see how big... The task is and how challenging when you go and propose the program the first time and they tell you, no, it's not possible. It never happened. And throughout getting the membership to grow from five member, 10 member, 20 member, 100 member, we were managed to make it happen and it's a success in New York City. And that's an example of what I can bring.
4: Okay. I do not see a reason why we couldn't broadcast the board meetings live. Um, I think it will create, uh, right now there's this disconnect, uh, disconnect with the community and people don't really know what the foundation is doing. I think this would be an, an amazing step to get that confidence back from the public. Um, any trolls during the Q and A, which will happen at the end of the board meeting, not during the board meeting, uh, will be dealt with accordingly by the moderator. So I don't see, I don't see trolls being a problem really. Um, even during the board meeting, if you want to have input from the public, you could just have like a, an in-between Q&A or something. So I, I would only see it as a really positive thing that would restore confidence for the Bitcoin Foundation.
3: Speaking from experience running a nonprofit organization, there are times when you would like to have your internal proceedings, um, especially board meetings, kept private just so you can discuss sensitive matters and then address and then i believe they should always be addressed publicly once the determination has been made internally but people are voted to these boards so they can make decisions that may not be easy ones to make and aren't really the best decisions to be made in a public setting but should be the results should then be declared afterwards thank you
1: well, again, I think what Olivier said was pretty much right on. I mean, if we're going to be transparent, this thing's got to be completely transparent. No back door, no back room issues. It's not like the state of California; we can all of a sudden decide it's what's too important for you know the plebs to figure out what's going on. So we better might as well take this behind closed doors. Um, I think that's just a poor approach. Um, if the if the regulators want to see what we're doing, let them come on in. Um, we'll be totally open. And again. Um, it has to be totally transparent. Otherwise, we're going to fall into the same idea that, you know, we're trying to basically rectify now. There wouldn't be a need for Bitcoin if, if things were open already. So, um, no, if the foundation is going to do this, it's going to go all the way. Totally and wholly support that it has to be completely open.
0: Thank you, Scott. And with that, we conclude the fourth round of today's debate. While we're getting ready for the final round of questioning, I'd like to introduce my good friend Tatiana Moroz as she performs her original song, The Bitcoin Jingle. Oh, and today's magic word for you LTB listeners is round. That's R-O-U-N-D, round. You've got until the 14th of February to visit letstalkbitcoin.com and the Let's Talk Bitcoin iOS app to enter it for your share of the listener awards. And now, the Bitcoin jingle. So we've come to the final question in our somewhat marathon session here. There will not be closing statements after this. So make sure that if you want to you wanna, you know, get anything in there, this is the question to get it in for. The first person who's going to speak on this issue is Cody Wilson. The prompt, broadly speaking, is the most important tasks or goals for the foundation and Bitcoin in 2015. Cody, you have two minutes starting now.
10: The Bitcoin Foundation was founded by criminals and status collaborators. Its history is one of integrating the technological libertarian, baiting him, calling him unrealistic, and now, lastly, clamoring to claim him as a final referent and excuse. It is running out of money, it is running out of resources, it is suffering a slow death, both socially and institutionally. I stand to give it a quick and significant death. The significance is for us, we digital libertarians, to reconfirm our values, to find an open source and libertarian ethic for Bitcoin, to excuse ourselves, of the indiscretions of our less thoughtful peers with their criminal and bad faith intentions. Thank you very much. <laughs> you know, just thought of something though. The most important task for the Bitcoin Foundation in 2015 is to die.
0: Thank you, Cody. The second speaker on this particular prompt is Bruce. Bruce, you have two minutes to respond to the most important tasks or goals for the foundation in Bitcoin in 2015.
2: Thank you. My name is Bruce Fenton. I. Think that there's a lot of tasks that we could we could be doing. As we've talked about, transparency has come up a lot in this uh, conversation. Um, I have lived with transparency. I'm a pretty transparent person. I'm very active on on social media. I have been for many years. I have about eighty six thousand people on my f- Facebook. Uh, I'm very active in Reddit, have always been very, very transparent, and I would continue to do that as a board member. If you look at the Reddit AMA that I did uh, announcing the candidacy for this board seat, that's a good example, where I painstakingly answered, I think, every single question that was asked, and I've done that consistently for many years, uh, even before the existence of, of, of Bitcoin. So I've been very transparent. I think it's also important in this to have a foundation that uh, shows professionalism as Cody mentioned, there um, have been problems with previous board members. Um, some of them, I don't think, are warranted. We can call Charlie a criminal, but I I don't believe that uh, he should be considered a criminal. Uh, in an ideal world, I, I don't believe he would be. Uh, but there there are other members that uh, you know should have never been board members, and I think we can move on from that and change it uh, and have professionalism. I've worked for 22 years as a registered. Uh, investment professional. I've never had any legal actions, never had any lawsuits, never had any customer complaints. Uh, I've interacted with probably 200 of the members of the Forbes 400 and many global leaders and even um, heads of state. And uh, so I'm also not afraid to fight, though. I have a long and consistent track record of challenging those very same powers that I have uh, succeeded in influencing and interacting with. Thank you very much.
10: Bruce's history, twenty-two-year history, career of the financial services industry and investments, has been one in his own words of fighting the state and of fighting status collaborators and what has it bought us after all this time. But a worsening, uh and completely gangsterish miasma of further regulation, uh, treasury designations, and a complete closed loop of financial services that does not even admit the possibilities which Bitcoin even hints at. Uh I want to talk about practical solutions for a second. I will I will prevent the kind of trust building that the Coin Foundation has been trying to have with private, uh, private conversations with regulators. I will reveal its incestuous relationship with uh, these regulators, Mt. Gox, what a new win, what it has withheld, and I will do everything I can to prevent the pivot and to prevent this thing from going on any longer than it has. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Cody. Olivier, you'll have two minutes to respond to the broad prompt. The most important tasks or goals for the foundation and Bitcoin in 2015.
4: Okay, so if there's one thing I would do, it is to have a uh, decentralized core development. I would have Gavin and Vladimir organize uh, decentralized crowdfunding together with the other developers. Uh, as a result, the core development can finally get proper funding and growth, and the public can directly fi- fund the features, the features they want without a foundation sitting in between this process. Um, I would change the foundation's core mission. Uh, I think it should focus on spreading global awareness and adoption. It should should help create local groups and go to store-to-store to to promote Bitcoin. Um, I would also organize a mass change tip event so the whole world learns about Bitcoin. Um, I want to go for full transparency, broadcasting board meetings live with Q&A sessions, publish publish financial records so we know how much money is left. Uh, Finally, I would like the, the foundation to protect the essence of Bitcoin. The foundation should list the core principles of of Bitcoin on its website based on Satoshi's white paper and explain why they matter. The core principles should be uh, to keep Bitcoin anonymous, uh, to have the 21 million supply limits, and to keep it decentralized. On a closing note, um, I put my money where my mouth is, as you can see from my past, and I really stand to protect the
8: individual
4: and, most importantly, Bitcoin.
8: Thank you, Olivia. Francis? Thank you, Adam. And thank you again for organizing the debate. Um, as I've said throughout the, this, uh, this debate session, I think the most important task uh, for the foundation will be to um, uh, educate as many uh, new developers as possible that know the Bitcoin protocol through and through. Um, this is not only good for uh, Bitcoin core development, but it's going to also be good for the numerous amounts of Bitcoin businesses that will have a more qualified labor uh, force to, uh, to recruit from. Um, on the foundation, on the foundation side, I think the most important task is to continue doing what Patrick Merck has started to do, which is to shift the focus to core development. Um, in a foreseeable future over the next couple of years, if the resources come, I think we could eventually shift back a little bit more towards uh, raising awareness um, but definitely I think uh, direct lobbying should cease should immediately and this should not be considered uh, a goal uh, f- for the future. Um, as for Bitcoin itself, I think one of the most major uh, task will be scalability um, that is uh, making sure that the use cases of Bitcoin which are currently being used such as microtransactions remain uh, remain usable for the next uh, foreseeable future that means as much as possible at least for now trying to limit uh, the size uh, of the transaction fees and uh, keep on Bitcoining. I think Bitcoin is doing well I don't think regulators or adoption is a direct threat right now I think uh, the main risk of Bitcoin are technological in nature And I think we should keep this in mind. And uh, as we say in France, best wines don't need uh, the shiny labels. I think Bitcoin will eventually assert itself. We just need to be patient, but make sure the technical infrastructure is strong. And this means having a centralized nonprofit organization like the Bitcoin Foundation involved in financing and developing and uh, promoting core development.
0: Thank you, Francis. Scott, you have two minutes to respond to... The most important tasks or goals for the foundation and Bitcoin in 2015.
1: Uh, Thank you, Adam. And again, thanks for the debate. It's been really fun and it's been some very good candidates. Um, If I'm elected to the board, um, I realize I'm just going to be one voice voice among the many individuals, member, board members that will be there, but I'm going to go back and preach about the basics. And uh, the basics is that, you know, Bitcoin is money for adults. Um, We have to live Satoshi's white paper. Uh, you know, you look at the uh, foundation website, and I don't even see where the white paper is, and this is, unfortunately, where things begin to unravel. We, you know, we live in the United States, and the Constitution that we have has been subverted by people who supposedly protect our interests. And, unfortunately, now we've been a nation that's been boiled down to, quote-unquote, a nation of laws. Yet, yeah, but by whom? And, you know, again, we have an operating code that's perfect. And that we have to live by thousands of books, movies, stories, and everything else will be written spun about Bitcoin. But at the end of the day, Satoshi's white paper is what we should be interested in and what we should be used as our modus operandi. So I will make sure that the voice I have is going to live along those lines. And that's transparency if we're going to be on a foundation. And it's going to be the idea that we really live by privacy and in- anonymity. The point is that regardless of the foundation exists or not, this white paper is what we have to live by that's what's going to be at the end of the day. It's going to be the code, regardless of regulation or not. Um, even if you try to stamp this thing out, you're forced or sued out of existence. It doesn't matter. Um, just like Soche or you know Private Bay, Bitcoin will just disappear and re-services somewhere else. So at the end of the day, if we're going to have a foundation, let's keep it simple. And let's keep what we're supposed to be, you know, the intent that we're supposed to have, which is Satoshi's white paper.
0: Thank you, Scott.
7: Colin, hi. This is Colin. And first, I want to say that um, one of the things that we're looking at as an announcement, just out from France, that um, France wants to ban uh, Bitcoin encryption and anonymity, which is just sort of a fresh off the press thing. And um, and the lobbying issue um, is something that uh, I brought up in my uh, in my in my campaign platform back in early November two thousand fourteen. Uh, I wanted to stop all, all lobbying from the foundation. And, um, and after I announced that, and it was very I was very vocal about it, it was a matter of like, I think a week or two later that I think the foundation met and supposedly said that they didn't want to do any more lobbying. They announced they're going to cease lobbying. So supposedly that goes away, but if I get back on the if I, if I get on the board, if I'm elected, then I will make sure that they don't do any lobbying. That they make no expenditures on it anywhere in the world. With that said, the most important tasks or goals for the foundation are going to be user choice, Bitcoin development, and privacy and anonymity. And in this world where those kinds of issues are being attacked constantly and everywhere, those are very critical to respect user agency. And another thing is um, to make sure that... Um, when we're looking at all these assaults all over the world, from Putin, the Russian Federation, their ban on Bitcoin, Cameron in the UK, his attack on encryption, Obama in the USA, his latest version of CISPA, which is the same as the last ones that have been defeated, the found, and France now, you know, well, all these countries. The foundation needs to stand up to all these people unflinchingly and not cower. And that means partnering with the EFF, open media, and other organizations and, and making sure that we are standing up for the users. And that means an international effort uh, against the international assaults so that we're standing up for the users. That's what we need to make sure that we're doing moving forward.
5: Thank you.
0: Thank you, Colin. Theo, you have two minutes to respond to the prompt, the most important tasks or goals for the foundation and Bitcoin in 2015.
5: Thank you, Adam, for conducting the debate. So, the one of the the experience I bring into the nonprofit world is that I have been a member of various boards, and as I say, transparency is the most important. Uh, I was a member of the community board here in New York City, appointed by the president of the Board of Manhattan. I, was, I am part of my tenant association of the building where I live. so I am a member of the party in power in France, and all these experience has taught me how to deal in an environment of ten member, or an environment where there are five hundred member, and as I heard, partnership needs to be built with other entities like the EFF, non profit, other nonprofit that have um, that bring the same goal as as what the Bitcoin is trying to achieve. So. One of the most important things for the foundation, I do believe, is the part of transparency to create trust within the membership so the membership can grow and learn how to brainstorm and bring new idea to the table. And the foundation is an important thing as long as the foundation doesn't monopolize everything and doesn't force everybody to say Bitcoin is this. No, the foundation is just an important piece of the ecosystem as a member of the board, if elected and you entrust me with your vote, or the people in the membership entrust me with their vote, is to bring a real dynamic board for the Foundation.
3: Thank you, Theo. Jeremy. Um, The most important tasks for the Foundation in 2015 are to reestablish its legitimacy within the community by becoming as transparent as possible. The Bitcoin Foundation must also sit down with other advocacy groups, such as Coin Center and the Digital Ca- Chamber of Commerce, to concentrate energies most efficiently. And now this might be the most controversial thing I say, but I'd like to see the political ideology taken out of the way the technology is communicated, because that's how we're going to reach true adoption, reach the world... Uh, help reach the people that this technology can benefit the most. Um, I don't think there's room for ideology with uh, technology as powerful as this. And we need to bring, continue to bring new developers into this space as they've begun to do with Devcore. and we need to become a positive force for the Bitcoin ecosystem. Lastly, we need to engage the youth of this technology as CCN has and we need to help related blockchain technologies as well something I've done and will continue to do in this incredible industry. Thank you. Thank you, Jeremy. Yeah, uh, this is a, a rebuttal to what Jeremy's just said. And by the way, I, I have agreed with
8: mo- most of what you said today. Um, but I think it's possible to remove a political ideology from Bitcoin. Bitcoin is apolitical, um, by definition, that contradicts every, particularly when it comes to monetary policy. Um, so. One of the biggest use case for Bitcoin is that it is apolitical and that's an ideology in itself. Um, as we see, uh, monetary policies all over the world, um, becoming less stable, um, becoming wild and, and, and failing, I think the non-political aspect of Bitcoin, so, which is political in itself, um, becoming w- one of the main selling points, um, I want to advocate, in 2014, Bitcoin has been advocated by almost everyone as a magnificent payment system. I would like in 2015, um, Bitcoin to be advocated as a non-political currency, a currency which is not controlled by the state, a currency whose money supply cannot be inflated. And I think that's going to be a, a big seller uh, next year. Thank you, Francis. Jim, you'll have two minutes to respond to the prompt,
0: the most important tasks or goals for the foundation and Bitcoin in 2014. Well, I think the
6: Bitcoin foundation like Bitcoin itself will have a year of retrenchment in 2015. Uh, it's a year when changes on the board and introduce practices that build the foundation's reputation for solidity, reputation that it doesn't have, that it hasn't built in the past. It's taken some myths that uh, many have been self-caused. I think the foundation's mixed reputation in the community is differs from its relatively strong public brand we can use that brand over time to defend decentralization which may include government relations and may include public affairs uh, to promote bitcoin to the public so few of whom know about bitcoin right now we need to have big adoption big pr big education so that we get to those goals that everybody shares global financial inclusion liberty and dignity user defined privacy a stable money supply I worked for a lot of years in nonprofit foundations that work in these fields. I understand what nonprofit foundation management is like. Honestly, it's a little bit boring, but I think it's important and it's very important to build a strong foundation so that Bitcoin has a strong defender in the United States and worldwide. Having worked as the foundation's global policy council last year, not only to introduce Bitcoin in the US, but in Europe, both Brussels and London. I know some of how this is done. I know the ins and outs of the organization. I regret some of the failings it's had in the past, but I really want to improve it because I know that what Bitcoin can deliver to the world is very, very important. And if we get together and build a strong organization, I think many of the candidates are capable of doing so,
0: we're going to make the world a better place. Thanks very much. Thank you, Jim. And the final two-minute statement of the debate, Uh, once again, I just would like to take the opportunity to thank everybody for attending this. This has been a definitely marathon three-hour recording session to get all this stuff done, and that's not nothing. So once again, thanks to everyone. to Putting the importance, frankly, on this, uh, this is, uh, I go off the rails on all this stuff, but looking at the people who are running for these roles, that is probably the most impressive thing about these roles that I have yet seen, is that there are a lot of people, you know, all of you candidates are very passionate. We even have several who weren't able to attend this recording. So, I mean, considering the relative lack of power that many people are making the argument, you know, within this, within this debate that, uh, you know, that the Bitcoin foundation is imbued with or not, the people who are seeking to, to try and help shape that journey moving forward for the foundation indeed is an impressive list. So once again, I'd like to congratulate you all for getting this far and thank you for, you know, caring enough to try and do these things, whatever your agendas are. The final two-minute segment for this debate goes to Michael. And Michael, I'll repeat the prompt one more time. The most important tasks or goals for the foundation and Bitcoin in 2015. You have two minutes, starting now. Thanks, Adam. So I I think the
9: the most important goal for the foundation involves the human capital. And there are a few different facets that fall underneath that. Uh, The most important goal is to get more developers and that involves uh, providing educational resources online uh, for those who are self uh, self trainers, uh, to provide workshops and classes and training courses uh, for for people who who can't necessarily learn on their own, but they need to to learn with the aid of of other people, uh, to host developer centric events like DevCore Boston all around the world. Uh, all of these types of uh, of events they improve the developer ecosystem, which thereby improves the entire Bitcoin ecosystem. Uh, the other f- uh, focus, which goes alongside of, the, of, of human capital, is standards and certifications. We need to draft and publish standards for development, for security, for accounting, uh, legal, and really anything else that would uh, benefit from these standards. Every industry already has standards that make them uh, better. Uh, for example, with uh, credit cards, there's the PCI standard, which dictates how credit card numbers should be protected. There are developer standards, which train people, you know, what are classes, what are instances, uh, what is polymorphism? All the concepts that you would need to know in order to be an effective developer. Um, food industry has, has standards for food quality, but in our cryptocurrency space, we don't yet have that. Um, and I'm, I'm happy to announce that at DevCore Boston, Uh, The Cryptocurrency Certification Consortium will be making a presentation alongside Patrick Merck from the Bitcoin Foundation to talk strictly about standards and certifications uh, that will help improve our ecosystem and help give guidance for any developer uh, who wants to develop a secure application or a secure exchange or a secure Bitcoin program. Uh, They'll they'll be able to, to,
0: to do this. Thank you, Michael.
5: Yes, I just wanted to piggyback on Jeremy and James' comment. One is Jeremy and ideology and James and boredom. The Bitcoin, the, the foundation, I mean, to be part of a nonprofit with so many different people coming with different, so many different backgrounds, ideology might be the most important thing that will go with the foundation. I mean, The idea here is to bring together people who have so many different backgrounds and bringing them together is exactly what the foundation role is. And boredom, it cannot be boring to bring all those people with all those different backgrounds together. So that's what I expect from the foundation.
3: The apolitical nature of Bitcoin may indeed make the technology politically ideological, but that does not mean political ideology is necessary to communicate this extraordinary technology. Moreover, I think the technological merits of Bitcoin vastly outweigh the libertarianism so strongly espoused by many participants today. If we want to create a global movement We have to transcend politics and really talk about how this technology can make the world a better place. And yes, while that may be political, it doesn't need to be worded that way. Thank you. Thank you. Scott?
1: Uh, Thanks, Adam. Again, I think, you know, if I'm elected to the board position, I think the most important thing is, again, to get back to what's the important thing, which is Satoshi's white paper. I mean, in people have brought this up. I mean, nowhere in Satoshi's white paper does he back a government, does he back a special interest political group, nothing. He, as a matter of fact, if you were to read into his white paper and read it, it's pretty impartial. Um, and that impartiality in, in, you know, basically harkens to the fact that there are going to be many other people coming into this thing and that no one idea is probably no better or no worse than any other idea. And that was the reason for him making this white paper. And that's the reason why he started with money, because we all want to have it and we all want to be part of that action. So let's get back to Satoshi's white paper. Let's make that the intent of the foundation. So when we do stray like this foundation has strayed before in the past, we can go back to what we think is important, what we know is important. And again, that's Satoshi's white paper. Let's live it. Bitcoin is money for adults.
0: Thank you, Scott. Colin. I
1: wanted to actually add in a,
7: a Satoshi quote from November 7, 2008, on the crypto mailing list, he says, yes, we will not find a solution to political problems in cryptography, alluding to this uh, political issue that people ask sometimes, but we can win a major battle in the arms race and gain new territory for freedom for several years. Governments are good at cutting off heads of a centrally controlled network, he alluded at Napster, but pure P2P networks uh, uh, like Nutella and Tor seem to be holding their own. And so this was getting back to the decentralization issue as well. And Interestingly, I don't think the issue here is really um, uh, political things like political parties or whatever. It may not be um, politically uh, oriented, specifically uh, political parties, you know, obviously don't like something like Bitcoin. But um, I don't think that's necessarily the, the point. Um, the, the point is that um, it exists. It's out there. Um, we need to uh, do our part to help, to help the development and, and management and outreach uh, for it and make sure that it's, that it's cared for.
0: Thank you. Jim?
6: In jest, uh, I'll make a brief defense of boredom. Some of the most important things that a board member can do for the foundation is go over the balance sheet. Compare the, the goals of the foundation to what the staffing is, to what the organization chart says conferring with other board members and leadership it's not highfalutin ideological stuff it's not even necessarily the direction of the foundation but just making sure it's a solid organization i want to do that for this organization and of course build on what the foundation's membership wants to do i think there are a lot of good candidates and i have a lot of hope for bitcoin i hope to make the bitcoin foundation an organization that's worthy of this technology thanks very much
0: thank you jim bruce
2: Thank you, Adam. Uh, thanks for for hosting this. This has been a great experience. And uh, I really want to thank all of the uh, fellow candidates who participated in this. It's been a, a great opportunity. And, and although there are real differences between us in our philosophy on this particular matter, I think if you put the group of us in a stadium, we would have more in common with each other than probably almost anyone, no matter how large that stadium was. So I appreciate the opportunity to be with these candidates and and this uh, great group of people who care a lot about this technology. For everyone else who is listening, I'd encourage you to connect with me. I'm, I'm active on social media. I have several videos on YouTube, speeches and things that I've done. I'm transparent, and I would appreciate your vote for this board seat. Thank you very much.
9: I just want to echo a lot of what what Bruches said. He he hit the nail on the head that uh, even though there are differences in in all the candidates uh, who were involved in this debate, uh, there is far more in common than is different. And uh, I mean, we all put decentralization above everything else. We all agree that uh, we need development to happen in a decentralized way, and uh, and the developers need to be compensated for the uh, for the development. Um, the, and it, this actually makes it quite difficult for anyone listening uh, to choose among, among the candidates. Uh, rather than uh, choosing from the big things, instead, uh, all the members of the Bitcoin Foundation will need to choose uh, based on the little things. Uh, what vision does the candidate have? What uh, What plans do they have? Are they looking at um, uh, small things? Are they looking at, uh, at, at larger things? Um, my name is Michael Perklin. I've been dealing with... Uh, the cryptocurrency since 2010. I've been dealing with standards. Okay,
4: okay. Michael ma- mentioned uh, setting standards for pretty much everything, including development. I think it's a, it's a really bad idea, and and we should se- definitely stay out of it, um, and let the developers deal with it basically. Uh, and also want to thank you, Adam, for organizing this debate. I think it's really it's been really nice, and moderation was really fair. So thank you very much.
0: And with that, we conclude the 2015 Bitcoin Foundation Individual Candidate Debate. If you're a member of the Bitcoin Foundation, you can vote for several days starting this Friday the 13th. Whether you're a member of the foundation or not, you can get a sense for the horse race over at bitcoin.consider.it, which is a special page that's been set up specifically to let you weigh in on this. And of course, if you'd like to kibitz with other listeners, you can head over to the forums at letstalkbitcoin.com. Thanks for listening to this episode of Let's Talk Bitcoin. This episode received support from CryptoKit.com and the Bitcoin Foundation at BitcoinFoundation.org. Content for today's episode was provided by Adam, Bruce, Cody, Colin, Francis, Jeremy, Jim, Michael, Olivier, Scott, and Theo. Music for today's episode was provided by Jared Rubens, John Barrett, and Tatiana Moroz. This episode was edited by Adam B. Levine, and per the rules of the debate, candidate responses were unedited. Thanks for listening.